0: So welcome to Better Tech Leadership, where we meet uh, leaders who grow and build amazing teams and products. Uh, we're here in Berlin with Shadi Nemer at Corona, at Corona Cafe. Yeah. I was supposed to mention that <laughs> as we're having delicious coffee here. So yeah. thanks for accepting my invitation. Thanks for being here. Uh, uh, Shadi is uh, uh, head of product at uh, Mitai, uh, a TDK company. Yeah. Um, by the way, congratulations, because I know you joined recently. Ah, thank uh, you. Uh, uh, I would like to jump right into it and learn more about uh, the product you are building and what the hell is the, uh, EMC?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm still trying to understand. <laughs> but in general, so, so mainly, as you know, my background is more of uh, software products. And uh, for the last 10 years, I've worked on mainly mobile applications, web applications in different countries. But uh, this is actually a very new experience, where the first time I'm entering a a place where they are completely hardware, and they are just starting to build the software. So first, uh, what's EMC? I mean, I think your your viewers or listeners, mainly uh, from the software background, that's what I, I assume. So this is may, may come not that sexy for them, <laughs> but we will try to, uh, to explain.
0: I think hardware is also sexy for developers. Uh, uh, it's sexy for me, myself. I, I like the industrial design, the design, the, the manufacturing. It's interesting for me, yeah. so uh, I'm super happy to hear that.
1: Absolutely. So EMC, in general, is uh, electromagnetic compatibility. So usually, before you actually uh, release any new hardware product, that has uh, any kind of uh, uh, waves, like wireless, Bluetooth, or electrical waves, any kind of waves. Usually, you apply for a certification uh, in Europe or in uh, in United States. Each country has their own rules and uh, their own guidelines for this certification. And this certification, in general, very simple. It's telling that you're. Your hardware product is not interfering with any other products. So, for example, uh, just to maybe I give a very fast example: when you go to to an airplane, they tell you to put your mobile on uh, airplane mode, and that's because uh, they are afraid that some kind of uh, electromagnetic interference that happens, which is really happening before it was it was happening, but. This is the sector, this is the EMC. So what we are building is actually something that's uh, very new. Uh, uh, TDK is a, is a, uh, a, as a leader in elketro uh, components. So they are selling uh, electrical components for circuits, for machines. Also they have a different uh, areas, industries. Uh, they recently joined uh, solar power and also uh, all green, <laughs> green energy area. So what they've done, they have started uh, a program inside TDK called TDK Kindergarten. And and this TDK Kindergarten is actually uh, offering people who's working in TDK to find a new uh, (laughs) (laughs) innovative ideas that they can fund and then can go in the...
0: Internal accelerator or uh, fund or...
1: Something like this, yeah. And uh, during this uh, accelerator, too many people applied... Uh, some two companies uh got the fund one of them is Mitai the other company left but now we got the second round of of of, uh, of actually uh, support from TDK and
0: TDK and is huge it's like it's, uh, it's a japanese company 100,000 people 100,000
1: people yeah exactly
0: million, 13 million uh, billion revenues and less it's, it's 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 a monster.
1: it's 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 uh, uh, it's a monster in electric components yeah and it's one of the uh Leaders in Japan reducing this these components they are producing per day millions i don 't know the exact number but if it, it, uh, it 's it's, it's millions of, of components per day and thats uh, that 's where they said, okay, this idea is so now in order to build this product that we told about, uh, what companies usually usually does and you can you can also include electric cars for example what they do is uh, they have an EMC expert in-house that can check that this, the way of them placing the components in different circuits, or the way that uh, different machine talking to each other in this product, is not interfering. And this usually came, comes usually after the product is done. And where where you go, you do this you send uh, for certification, you fail, you go back from zero, you pay millions of dollars in order to fix this. Not to mention the time. The EMC problem, exactly. Not to mention the time, (laughs) the effort, and the money. Uh, So our idea was actually, let's solve this problem on the design uh, step. So when you design the circuits, when you design uh, all the electrical components you have, you check for EMC uh, issues. And then if everything is okay, you go. Uh, Now in the market, only EMC experts who actually tell you there is a mistake here, you have a problem, and this is my recommendation for you to solve this problem. There's a set of rules, I just don't want to go too much technical because myself still in the the area of learning all the electrical stuff. But uh, there is a set of rules that they check, and these rules, they say, okay, you have issue, in one, two, three, four, and this is the commendation it. The the problem, the pain here is actually uh, the recommendation they are giving mainly based on observation. So they are coming, they are seeing, for example, okay, there is a small cable longer than it should be, and there's some kind of uh, power integrity somewhere, and these are...
0: Human-based verification? It's it's a
1: human-based... So a lot of human effort, and this human effort is Is observation. There is no like set of uh, laws and method that they are following to to find out the recommendations. So what we are trying to do is uh, right now is uh, this is first thing. The second thing is there's the only systems in the in the in the market right now are very complicated 90s look system that you need the training in order to learn how to do the uh, how to uh, design on it the circuit or or how, for example, uh, uh, you will uh, get the rules of this EMC. Yeah? You design engineers spend too much time learning the system, they need some trainings, and uh, and it's complicated for them. Like, I checked some of these systems, I opened it like uh, UX is zero, uh, there's no UX strategy whatsoever, you, you need to, to learn where everything is, and that's, that's too much effort and too much money, because it costs, thousands of dollars one license and okay. it's all on premise there's no cloud solutions so that,
0: that 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 is required for every sort of release of a hardware product version one versus two everything has to get certified. everything it, exactly every change in the circuit or it, or, it, or in the circuit.
1: exactly that's uh, exactly what's happening and and then uh what we say okay we say let's let's do an ai based system let's learn uh, ourselves first and then teach the machine of what EMC expert observations are. And in order to do this, uh, we need to collect too much data of EMC expert. We need to collect what their feedback are, what our recommendations are. And that's what we are doing in uh, cooperation with many EMC experts that's working with us right now uh, to to do that. And the second thing we say, let's do it uh, easy, simple. So you go to a website, you upload your design, you get to your analysis report. Three steps. That, that's the that's the the thing that uh, you cannot find in the market in that 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 much simplicity and that much uh, UX/UI friendly for, uh, for for the user. Uh, so now we reach the the the, the, step, the uh, level we reach now is where people design engineers go to our website, upload a design get the recommendation in 24 hours before they were getting it in two weeks. And uh, we're still testing with them, we're still offering all, all the services for free to collect more research and, and see. Uh, we need to learn from their feedback and we, ne- we need to, to have more talks with them in order to see how we can proceed.
0: So, so the idea here is not only to limit the time, but also maximize the probability that once the certification, uh, you, once you apply for the certification, it's the probability is significantly higher than, than than you do it without the validation
1: yeah so based on our research uh, 70% of people who apply for emc certification fail yeah,
0: that's a lot yeah.
1: Yeah. that's a lot and that's that's a lot of a lot of money a lot of uh, efforts that you need to build so that's we are trying to minimize to maybe zero in in the future but that's need a a whole uh, another level of work we started as yeah. that's, that's good so uh, yeah, that's in general what EMC and what this uh, MITAI product is all about.
0: So, uh, are you currently validating that with uh, with end users, or what's at what stage is it uh, right now?
1: So now what we are doing, we are trying to run uh, many pilots with with the design engineers, uh, design engineers who we are reaching from uh, our network with the electrical industry, TDK network with the electrical industry, or people who we are reaching through all the conferences we are attending. Also, we are working now on a more uh, digital approach. And this is what also one of the stuff that I found when I entered this industry. It's very poor from the digital side. So people, I mean, in different areas, in marketing areas, for example, it's mainly outbound marketing that's happening. It's all face-to-face and talks and phones. In the, in the product areas, more of hardware, uh, people, uh, used to more of a face-to-face customer interviews and, and uh, face-to-face running processes. So now we are trying to digitalize it more, let's say. And uh, one of the things is uh, collecting, validating the idea is going into digital approach on, on seeing where the designs, uh, design engineers are located so we can talk to them, we can contact them. We run till now around uh, six to seven pilots with, uh, with our customers. Uh, amazing feedback we got that's where we improved and uh, now we are aiming for more of a uh, 20 pilots in the next six months cool where we can uh, reach more of our clients maybe
0: and how much flexibility on the product end do you get because I, I, I assume that like TDK is a big thing um, um, and how, how basically being in that environment uh, of a big organization, how much flexibility and uh, uh, do you get? <laughs>
1: that's, a, that's a question that I'm still trying to figure out because as you know, any cooperates, and I've worked before with cooperates, I've worked with a, with a university, at the early stages of my professional work, they have like also around 6,000 employees. And uh, the, the, what we are trying with Mitai, we are trying to find a new way of uh, decision-making more lean approach. We are trying to show that This is the process we are doing that the modern startups are doing and by this process We will be able to show results. So we are uh, mainly aiming to show TDK corporate or decision makers there the results out of our processes to be able to be more uh, flexible more resilient taking decisions with us Uh, but Till now, I mean, when I started, uh, TDK has now uh, the vision of actually uh, being more resilient with, with, uh, with startups and, work and, and having more innovative approach. So as far as I see till now, it's, it's all, uh, we are given the full freedom of, of doing uh, anything that, that actually works, doing any, any experiments, any uh, validation we need uh, without that much uh, restrictions. From from the TV side,
0: cool. And how close do you work with the uh, engineering teams? Uh, I, I'm referring to the engineering teams within Mitai or uh, the, the the guys that gals obviously that uh, build the software.
1: Yeah. So what we have is we have a we have a CTO in residence, and we have a team who's working with us on on development, external team, and uh, mainly. Mainly, the engineering team for me is the EMC experts, who's, who's actually uh, most of them is uh, PhD graduates, and, uh, and they have this technical approach of everything. They have the strict laws that you need to follow uh, in order to do something, and and that's uh, that's a new challenge for me because building the bridge between the software and what they actually uh, do with their uh, EMC work is uh, a bit challenging because you need you need to give value to the client with a simple features you need to build but when you go to the to the backstory of how to build this feature in order to find a for example uh, to prioritize which is the most important (laughs) rules of this EMC rules Uh, and then you see a whole another world with the EMC experts explaining you that uh, because of this physics law this doesn't happen this doesn't happen so the thing that you imagine it takes one month it might take three four months and uh, the the good creativity here for me is the thing that actually I'm trying my best to is to minimize this period of understanding in order to, to release something faster. And validate. Yeah, yeah validate, validate faster than, than we need because, I mean, the, the whole product what I see now is about the validation. And, and in order to, to validate faster, you need to, to be more lean following uh, the, uh, the laws that we are doing. Uh, in the first three months, uh, that our team is actually minimize uh, the rules. Like instead now, there's 20 EMC rules that usually you check for every product, and then you check if there is uh, issues there. So we could be able to uh, identify the most important three rules, be able to provide something for the client that they, as far as we see till now, they find value out mm-hmm. of it. And this is the, the thing that we are looking for. We are looking that a client come to us and say, I find value here. So we will be able to uh, keep working on it and, and iterate.
0: If you, if you were to describe an ideal world, or how does it look in a year time, uh, how do you see that uh, it, it, sort of uh, iterative or product loop? Uh, what it takes, uh, uh, where I'm going with this is trying to see, like you already said, you, you increased. Is there anything else you're trying to improve uh, in terms of uh, this lean structure? So, so or, there's or mainly,
1: load? so now I'm responsible more of the business product approach and uh, and the product management from the soft side, not the, the hardware side, whereas our CTO is actually uh, taking the lead there. And there is some, some actually stuff that they are doing right now uh, for example accepting all kind of uh, design uh, file types. now not not only one file type or two uh, minimizing uh, the rules that need to be checked uh, and so other technical stuff uh, that, that they are working on so there's two sides that we are aligning together there is the actual i call it most of the soft product uh, features and there's the hardcore of, of the products Art. that's going <laughs> behind. So, we are trying to align together to, to, to achieve uh, more. Uh, how in how are we doing that? So, what we are doing, well, actually, it, it's a painful experience.
0: <laughs>
1: but, uh, but in general, we have an amazing CTO that uh, he's, he's, he has uh, tons of experience uh, of, of developing a product. So uh, coming to, to a point where actually we both align that, okay, this feature needs to be done uh, later. And uh, there is the normal uh, prioritizations method that we are following. There's also uh, main, the, the data that we are collecting from our clients about the needs because now it's a new, a new startup. So when you have a new start, we're always changing about the, what's, what's your next, next aim, what you mm-hmm. the next next feature. The roadmap
0: is not like fixed. Yeah, so. yeah,
1: exactly. So always, it's, uh, it's the, the backlog of, of the sprint always changing. But we, we find a way where we can align together based on uh, several weekly meetings that we do. We have uh, different... Uh, we are setting OKRs, so we are setting objectives and key results that we are following. A general KPIs.
0: Is it for the, 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 the objectives and KPIs, how are the engineering teams emerging in that environment? Are they also sort of... Uh, is it a reference point uh, to, the, to the teams or they work more on the sort of feature level? How, how, do, you, how, do, how do you do that?
1: So, so the team uh, actually developed a, a process of work where the objectives is... The objectives for, for a period of time, let's say six months for example, is the same for the whole team so the whole team they have these four or five objectives that need to follow and then there is the key results of each objectives now on the key results we are running experiments in different departments so we are running for example experiments uh, on a product side experiment on a marketing side experiment on the tech side at the same time so the, there so, are
0: sort of uh, outputs defined in a sort of output way that we have to the team have to run this experiment that's the that the key results are basically running or not an experiment, something like that or...? Uh... So, so it's, uh,
1: this is come in the discussion in the sprint plan that we are doing, but uh, it comes to the owner of each of these uh, workflows, like some owner of product, for example me, uh, saying, okay, this experiment we can run it, you can write it in the way you like, you can write, uh, for example, the sales is doing their experiments outbound, they, are, they see that the market now is mainly outbound for EMC. Uh, so, so there is no like, uh, there's a freedom in taking decision in the team, but the principles they are all aligned with.
0: Okay, sorry for getting into uh, details of the OKRs, but it's, it's me, for me it's super interesting because there are so many ways. I mean, the framework seems clear, right? The objectives, key the results, you measure things, but the, the details of how you implement, the, the, how you define, KRs. There's so many ways you can do it. You can do it as a uh, as an output, as an outcome, and it's uh, many teams take different approaches. And some teams I we see that they just they are focused on outputs, and that works. And that, some of them uh, are super out, outcome-oriented about changing the behaviors of of users, and they get more f- flexibility on that end. Some of the teams get like combination of those two. Uh, It's super tricky, that's... uh, that's Yeah, actually, it it,
1: it, it depends. I mean, uh, with my previous uh, work that I've done in the companies uh, I've worked with, it always depends on, for me, how big is the team first? Because sometimes if you have a a large team that you are working with, so uh, I went into some products where each team actually defined their own OKRs. And uh, this is only to uh, to serve the the main KPIs of, of the of the company, sometimes of the department itself. So uh, it's always uh, depend on, on on the maybe team team size and also depend on the, on the uh, mentality of, of the team. How's the, how's the work culture happening? How how they are running their meeting? What kind of agile methodologies they are following? And
0: yeah, are you engaged in the it seems to me that uh, this, this this environment, or uh, requires certain culture. And uh, are you engaged in any way in recruitment? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah. Are you recruiting more the sort of say not to label anyone, but more product people, or are you engaged also uh, within?
1: Yeah. So 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 in in the current position that I'm doing right now, I'm mainly engaged in uh, uh, in recruiting. Uh, everything related to the, as I said, we have two work streams in the soft product, so for example uh, developers who are running the front end of the uh, the process, developers uh, marketing team was running the workflows and uh, product managers in the future who's actually going to be a part of the team as well but mainly in the software product side not to go into the uh, the, the hardcore product where you need the uh, EI uh, experts and, and mainly uh, developers who, who's doing back end, who's, who's being uh, hired by the CDO. But uh, mainly, I am hiring the, the marketing people and also the product people who's running the front end, or we call it the customer facing product. Okay.
0: Uh. Is there one thing that you look at when recruiting? One in particular. I think it's always a set, but uh, it's, it's always critical. Uh. So, like to narrow it down, let's. What are the top three say, things that you look at when you recruit people
1: for your team,
0: specifically?
1: So, so for for my team in general, is actually uh, uh, let's start with the soft thing because I believe that I believe the good skills are there. There is good skills, but what 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 differ a good skill from other is. The, the personality of people. I'm, I'm, mindset, I'm, and I'm, things like that. Yeah, I'm mindset. I'm more of human-centric in general when, when, when coming to hiring. Uh, so so there's two rules always for me. The first one is actually uh, transparency. So uh, I, I need to sense that they actually, uh, when they have a, a problem or they have a challenge so that, that. They, need, they are facing during the team, they are transparent sharing it with the team in order for everybody to be a part of... A, of the decision making of, of actually helping them. Maybe they need coaching, maybe they need training. So transparency is one of the things. And the second one is uh, the resilience in taking decisions. So, so for example, I, I, there's two product managers. Uh, they both have a solution. Each one has a, another approach of doing the solutions. And uh, if, if actually this can, can lead to a conflict out of nothing, so, so the resilience of actually base your decision based on data, uh, be able to, to take other people's solutions and be able to, to deal with it is, is very important. Now, uh,
0: ego is, a, is, a, is not helping here. Yeah,
1: it's, it's, <laughs> ego is not helping anywhere. And uh, that's, that's the, the two important things that I look in soft skills. Yeah, usually for, for, for the technical uh, skills, there's a set of, uh, of skills that we we define for each position and uh, based on that we define uh, an assignment that uh, that needs to be solved or a challenge that needs to be done with the team in order to know uh, to know exactly at least the skill set that uh, fit with the, with the position that we need. So each position has different technical uh, skill set that, that we focus on.
0: And speaking of, 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 of people, uh, I see, I've seen your post, you've posted a couple of days back the post about ROI-oriented leaders and uh, people-oriented yeah, that, leaders. that's why I said I mean, <laughs> what I'm you referred to that yeah. uh, just just now? I was wondering uh, what's uh, how to balance. What's your approach to balancing the ROI and and you know being empath- empathetic at the same time? It's
1: more of a for me. It's like who comes first, chicken or egg? It's like because because usually if you have a human centric approach with you, with your team member the roi will be high and this is what i believe because because if, if you if they are feeling comfortable if, if they are, they are seeing that their d- decisions and their, their work is valued within the company then it's a, it's by default they are going to there will be a high roi to the, to the company itself so i think i think this is this is when when you provide more comfortable culture you have an ROI coming. Uh, also, I had discussions before with product people, tech people about, about the company, and, and they are telling me you are um, very uh, very soft when it comes to, to to hiring on conflicts. And I always prove that actually when the when the team team members like where they are working, loves the environment, loves the leaders, love the team members, they'll be able to. Uh, to provide uh, more and they'll be able to to actually uh, give more value to the the company that you have. Uh, So, yeah, it's always
0: based on each other. I absolutely agree. But I think there's one thing that uh, actually that we started with is the recruitment. I think you have to to have that kind of environment. You also have to have the people that believe in the company, uh, have similar values, appreciate it and you have to basically build great teams uh, that you trust in. I think, the, the, like, I believe, but having in mind that you have also, also, that works especially if you have great people on board. Absolutely. I mean, sp- especially in this time, in this time of uh,
1: recession is coming, uh, you look wars around, uh, too many conflicts. Uh, people are looking for security mainly, so when they feel not, not only uh, normal team members, leaders, uh, business owners, anybody looking for security. And, and this uh, security comes first when you are actually comfortable of what you are doing, comfortable with the people you are working with. Uh, as you know now, tech, tech, tech jobs are trending in these days. So if you, if you have a skill, you can find easily a tech job that actually can be nice. The only thing that different thing is which company I want to work is the, the company culture. That's that that you are working with.
0: But like, um, absolutely agree with that. There's one thing I like to like, like to ask you though: is is there any way you guys review how things are going? Not to call it performance review, but uh, to see how the teams are doing. Uh, I'm just wondering how you how you do it, because for me there is this sort of trade-off between those two. You you cannot rely absolutely on the culture. I think, I mean, you have to give some directions, but also for, well, maybe in other words. For me, it's tricky uh, to balance those two. I have to, I think you have to have the ROI somewhere at the back of your hands. It's, it, you just can't for, absolutely, absolutely forget about absolutely. it. Absolutely. And um, I was wondering how you guys approach measuring how things are going. For me and for our teams it's more we are more focused on measuring how the teams are performing we're more concerned about whether things are going right or wrong in order to help those teams to overcome those problems. So we say uh, we monitor deployment frequency we monitor uh, cycle times, but not to say well you're no, not you're <laughs> to control people or say you're not doing your job but rather than, rather than to." S- you know, support them in in solving. Sometimes there are bottlenecks that we just help them to uh, diagnose and potentially solve. That's our approach. But I was wondering how you guys approach measuring performance uh, across teams or... yeah.
1: So so in general, um, I mean, it depends on the size of the of the company, because when you have a a startup with five people just started or six people, then actually, Measuring performance is happening as a, as a team, as I say it. So you, you don't have actually uh, someone who's giving decision directly, mainly. But it's, it's, a, it's a group decision. It's a team decision that's been, been uh, let's say, more of orchestra yeah. working yeah. together. So, so, so it can appear very clearly if some of these uh, people or team members actually had some kind of blockers along the way. Uh, and and that can be solved because it's a, s- a small uh, a small company. But uh, in a in a higher higher level, I've I worked before with with uh, fifteen people team uh, and twenty people team. Uh, it's it's always based on uh, the KPI you are setting. So sometimes you are saying, okay, uh, we need we need a Two percent uh, increase in retention, for example. And uh, then you you set up the the experiment. You do the experiment, and then after that, uh, after the sprint is done, after the deadline is done of of, of this uh, particular task, uh, there's mainly a discussion. That's not it's not a report. It's, it's mainly a report, but it's it's going into a discussion, like. What, what's been done uh, before, what's been done wrong, what's been done right? Did we achieve what we talked about? Is that 2% is there? If it's not there, why did it happen? How we can fix it? So w- when something doesn't happen, always there is, uh, there's two sides. There's the, the team member side who's saying, it didn't happen because I lack experience in one thing, for example, and I might need a training gear. It didn't happen because I couldn't hire someone to help me. It didn't happen because, uh, uh, something happened along. I needed a tool that I didn't, couldn't find, and the other side, which is the the, the leader or the company, saying uh, also uh, we saw one, two, three things that happened that we think this KBI didn't achieve because of the three things, and uh, based on that, I mean the discussion will happen, and it it needs to be alignment between both because the company cannot say no, it's your fault, and. Uh, that's why you need to do one two three because also the other the other uh, the other side is the expert he knows yeah. mainly what what went wrong
0: yes so uh, with that in mind do you have a, do you mentioned you were close with the CTO but d- do you sense that, that there is a tension uh, between the product and the technology in any sort of way or you somehow aligned it that that uh, two sides or, or, or work together seamlessly uh, or, or because there are many ways to yeah. do it uh, sometimes the the roles or the leadership in those two areas are s- separate sometimes they're combined uh, sometimes uh, many many times those two sort of domains negotiate uh, with each other because there's a there's a there's a need from the business and there's usually pressure there's also an uh, a sense of doing things the right way from the tech side uh, and that creates sort of tension uh, or and I was wondering how what's your what's your approach to handling the tension between business and, uh, and technology
1: uh, it's experiment for me so validating uh, Validating your way of work that by by experiment and, and showing the results, are and showing the data that look, this is uh, back to ROI. <laughs> this this ROI is higher in this approach than this approach. So always is based on experience. But I think uh, a CDO and CPO in the same in the same company, uh, when they are experienced, they they'll be able to align with each other because uh, mainly they, for example, for me. I've worked with the development team, I've worked in the development area, also for our CTO, worked with the product area, so, so we, we understand each other. The understanding comes from uh, knowing exactly what need for the product to continue, the, uh, what they are doing and what need for the CEO to actually provide the, uh, the right solution and the, the right technology that needs to be used in order for the product to, uh, to go forward.
0: You've been engaged in in various setups. You've formerly worked also in organizations that uh, operate more in an agency mode, so they're engaged in products for shorter time periods, for shorter cycles, so shorter parts of roadmap. Now you're engaged in in a product that has a long, I assume, uh, roadmap, but also changes uh, frequently. And I was wondering how is that different for you? Uh, so mainly when, I, when you work
1: with the agency mode, I, I'm still, I mean, I still, I, I, have, a, I have a company uh, in Estonia also is providing uh, outsourcing teams and software development. And uh, usually for, for an agency mode, you are, uh, uh, you are mainly, uh, let's not say controlled, it's more of, uh, you are obliged to follow the client's needs. So the client, so the decision making is more on the other side? Cli- on the client side. You, are, you are taking the... the specifically the product, the agency acts more of a consultant in this, in this time. So it's more they are, they are receiving what the, the, uh, the client wants. The client took their decision. Sometimes they are for consultancy, but what, what the product guy can do in this time is actually consult of the best way of implementing it. And Long-term. Uh, yeah, awesome. because, because all the business research is being done by, by the client and, uh, and all, the, all the market research has been done by the client, so they know exactly what they need to build next. Uh, so it's more, uh, the, the product uh, here is more of a, a product, uh, leader is more of a consultant, that's, that's saying, okay, this is the best approach, this is how you can prioritize, this is what you need, this is the team member you need to build, and so on. Uh, so this is in the, in the agency mode in, in general, and usually, I mean, especially for agencies who's outside the European Union, it's mainly a delivery approach. Yes. So, so they, you you There's have the vision, tickets, uh, you have uh, Delivery tickets. Uh, you need you need a, an agency that can deliver something in the uh, uh, cheapest way possible, the more efficient way possible. Yeah. And that's the, that's that's always the a delivery mode. So you, you they don't. In being included too much in the strategy of, of the product.
0: And now, uh, uh, you, as I understand, the uh, teams that we're working with understand why they are building things, understand the roadmaps and make the technical decision based on that. Cool.
1: Yeah, that's, that's exactly how, how, how actually uh, they, they, are, they are doing right now. Uh, I always prefer for, for products with the agency. Or the agency that I'm, uh, I'm doing, uh, that the product management comes from the client, because we, we offer product management services and we offer uh, also uh, creating the roadmap, creating the vision, and creating the the OKRs and and the time timeline for the next six months, blah blah blah. But uh, usually you spend more time on this when you work with with a client because the client that comes to agencies uh they need an end product that's what they need and, and they need this end product based on the research they have done so when you do when you do the services product management services you will suffer a bit in in actually uh ne- like communicating this what you are thinking to the yeah. client because you, it needs to, to align more in this case
0: Although I believe there's a there, there are sweet spots on the trade offs, uh, for, for for me it's uh, I think I, I I honestly believe that unless it's an unless it's an MVP like really for the purpose of validating things, and the engagement is just to launch an MVP, uh, I, I think uh, unless it's that setup, I think. Uh, in the agency mode I think it's usually best when the product ownership is actually on the client side as it, it has to it's less risky it's uh, naturally uh, the person is more emerged in the in the, the, the the client sort of uh, uh, world uh, but I think there is a setup where actually the engineering team and I by this I mean the cross-functional team is actually understanding what they are building, are consulting and not just on, on a regular basis, but like con- cons- cons- consistently are engaged in the, in the feedback loop regarding how we are building things, understanding that, etc. So, I, it's, it's, I think that's, that's doable, yeah. uh, but it's, it's not doable on scale, on the other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, the, the
1: most important thing is for agencies is, is the, you mentioned, it's not risky. That's the, it's less risky than actually doing the strategy from your side and that's
0: because I was thinking about the client yeah that it's less risky for them to have, a, have, a, have a somebody who understands the product inside so that's what I was yeah it, it's le- I think it's less risky
1: for both sides okay because the other side agencies usually are uh, keen to, to look for for more revenue and faster though. they need to, to yeah. grow more and, and the best thing to do this is uh, to do operational work. So to do the development part directly, to do the design, to do the uh, MVB the, for the, the client, team. One, two, three, three yeah. three. Three months, so you Good. can deliver a simple MVP. So uh, that's, that's bring revenue, less risky, less uh, back and forth with the client. So it both it sides, I think it's, it's useful.
0: Cool. I agree. Absolutely. I have just a couple more questions for you. I would like to ask for any recommendations to fellow leaders in, in tech uh, regarding some books or podcasts or whatever that inspired you recently to, to change, to improve. Or
1: yeah, so, so mainly, I mean, uh, there is one podcast that I, 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 uh, I'm listening to called the, uh, the product podcast on Spotify. It, it's very obvious and it's by uh, the product school is actually what, what they are doing is they are interviewing uh, product readers from, from big uh, companies, big corporate and the unicorns mm-hmm. and uh, talking about one product subject, how it's done in that company. Cool. And that, that's very nice uh, experience for, for, uh, for product people actually to see other teams, what they are doing, uh, what kind of, of stuff they are following, where you can improve your skills. And be able to uh, to apply some of them within your team and i believe each product person has their own way of working
0: yeah that's true and,
1: and when you go to somewhere and say they are saying oh, we are agile we are working scrum blah 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 you go inside you see that it's actually scrum in a customized way it's yes. always customized within <laughs> which team you are you are working with and it, it's actually because You cannot do it if you don't have a very large team. Uh, Applying agile methodologies sometimes make you, uh, instead of delivering in one month, a very simple product that can do two, three features, you are taking one year and uh, it's always based on on the team. itself.
0: Is there any leader around your space or Berlin uh, that you look up to or inspires you that uh, you would recommend me to follow that guy grab a coffee with that person and learn from that
1: well actually i'm a bit uh, uh, not too much uh, extrovert with the dealing me with me neither the, yeah <laughs> but uh what i do is i follow different people like i believe that at the end each one has they need to develop their own thought yeah. in product especially in in, in product itself because you need this this kind of creativity in order to be able to uh, introduce a product that different from others, and uh, and that's where uh, hearing too many stuff, for example, that's why I, I recommend this podcast because it has different people that talking, and yeah. so you can you can do you can have uh, different thoughts, uh, different learnings, and then pre- uh, projected on what you are doing. That's the uh, the idea, uh, but uh, I i don't actually know someone in in name or recommend because i always take something from here something from here and and some yes
0: i actually wanted to do that off the record but Mm. i decided well why not why the hell not ask you anyway uh speaking of iteration so what's difficult for me uh, is that there's this uh inertia um between building things and validating things and the trick here for me is that you've got the team, engineering team or cross-functional team, whatever you call it, they're delivering one thing, but you cannot put them on hold until you verify uh, the hypothesis behind the delivery. And usually that takes time. It's not on the spot. It takes days or weeks. And I was wondering how you handle that.
1: As I said, I mean, the, it's just
0: running experiments at the same time. So, so it's actually planned roadmap of experiments and uh, one is sort of the one after another are not directly related to each other uh, in a way.
1: Yes, yeah, so, 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 so running experiments in different fields, for example, uh, usually the product guy deals with uh, tech marketing and the product itself and he's the center so he's mainly working with three three stuff. Uh, so actually running experiments in different areas at the same time. Uh, and suggesting, what I believe is suggesting these experiments should come from the product guy to other teams. And and uh, running this experience and getting all the results at the end of it, be able to iterate after it is, is the right way in order to not stop the work and then finish one validation and then stop, then come back. So this is the, uh, the, the, the whole thing. Uh,
0: so, so different areas, I mean you can release independently uh, that, that uh, you can
1: release different experiments independently validate all of them at the same time and then get collect the, the results of validation and
0: with, with me are you able to uh, uh, i assume you can release uh, the things at the same time uh, but uh, do you have sufficient uh, or basically do you use feature flags or uh, uh, release different features to different uh, sets of population segments of population or it's not at this stage yet so
1: it's, it's not actually at this stage, and uh, especially our target audience is very technical. Yeah. So you cannot like, uh, yeah. we we don't have that much of a person, variety of personas. <laughs> we, have, we have two persons, we have the, the design engineer and we have the head of engineering who's doing the MC. And uh, that's the, the idea like, that makes it easier for us. <laughs> but in general, I mean, uh, we, maybe in the future when we are growing where we are expanding we will be able to, to do it on different population. when we, we collect feedback especially now we found out that there is too much interested uh, interest uh, interest in our product from uh, university researchers and that's what some data that we collected so uh, that's uh, that's uh, an option in the future cool I think I've
0: done with all my questions
1: thank you very much it was really uh, interesting
0: thank you very much for sharing it was also very interesting to hear your thoughts on that I don't usually get to talk with product people that much it's mostly it's mostly leaders with uh, technical leaders with or like organization leaders with some technical background so I don't get that much Business. To, 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 to get so it's uh, for me it was a it was a refreshing thing to see you know how to how to specifically the 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 division of iterating of running experiments is super i will i will sign up to that podcast so thank you very much for that <laughs> yeah,
1: thank you very much actually it was really uh, interesting uh, i mean i also uh, tried to give some EMC stuff <laughs> I hope people will not unfollow you after this. Yeah, no. but it's a it's really a, it's a really nice idea about focusing on uh, the, the bridge between the technical side yeah. and the business side. This is actually a very uh, important question always and, uh-huh. and discussions in the product teams uh,
0: running around. And there's no I believe there's just no one way to solve it. Uh, Different companies, different people, uh, different uh, cycles of product development. It's just so many ways to it's, do it.
1: It's that's why I always focus on the on the human side because when you have resilience, people can understand each other, and and uh, they can align different skills together. So that's uh,
0: I uh, I think uh, for me that huge realization recently was the uh, was the um, actually having people. Be able to negotiate. Uh, some people call it communication, but that's me too that's too broad. And I I thought like let's basically have everyone. Run this negotiation course, but not this like theoretical one. You have a pie and you know mathematical optimization yeah, of yeah. things, but rather the human side of it. There's this great book. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Uh, never Split the Difference. Mm-hmm. It's if, have you heard, have you heard of it? I've never, but yeah. I read it. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's it's by the former, I think FBI agent that used to be uh, engaged in negotiations with hostages. All that stuff. It's, basically it's uh, it's like a crime book. It's cool stuff, basically and it, uh, teaches, uh, he teaches how to uh, basically talk in an empathetic way. He calls it, uh, he calls it uh, tactical empathy, mm-hmm. so, so that it's always there even you don't empathize. But basically how to get across, how to solve the problem with the person rather than impose your solution. So it's super cool and I think that's one of the things that is actually lacking. Uh, across population of this globe yeah. uh, and i'm focusing on that it's, it's in each industry each department
1: uh, each career uh, path if you if you master the way of uh, negotiations and be able to to actually take decision as a team and, and each one can clear what they are thinking yeah. about in the right way then you have no problem this is the the happy life yes <laughs> but, yes yeah, unfortunately it's a bit uh, uh,
0: more complicated than yeah, yes it is, yeah. it is but i think the closer we get there the better for everyone yeah absolutely. absolutely thank you Charlie, for, for 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 the talk again i will put it on uh i will download all the stuff that i recorded i will ask our team to combine it all and i will send it over to you to see uh if you like it or not uh and get your feedback as well on the on the conversation. I would also eventually, once it's done, I would like to ask for your feedback regarding the, the, the conversation, the, the call, what I can improve, etc. So uh, we'll take it to the next level.
1: Thank you very much for this uh, chance and uh, hope to talk soon. Yes, yeah. thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.